in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, tonight, our Bible study from Psalm 40. And uh, this Psalm is 17 verse. Tonight, actually, we will study only half of the Psalm. Uh, each Psalm has a title. And the title of this psalm is To the Chief Musician, a Son of David. A Son of David means it is composed by David. Chief Musician, the commentators, uh, some of them said it refers to our Lord Jesus Christ, to God. So he is presenting this son to God. Some said, no, it is an instruction to the choir leader like Heman or Asaph or Ethan. So this directed to the chief musician. Uh, this song most probably was written shortly after before David before David became king. Uh, not during the rebellion of his son Absalom. Uh, but other commentators say there is no way to determine the exact time or the occasion the psalm was composed. And definitely the psalm was written in view of some of the trials that occurred in the life of David. Uh, when he said, you delivered me, you heard my prayer, I waited patiently and you inclined my ear to me. All these verses referring to some trials that God actually was and delivered David from these trials. But it is impossible from anything in the psalm to ascertain which of those difficulties, uh, either with King Saul or with Absalom, his, his son. We cannot determine the, the psalm did not refer to an incident by itself. But this psalm actually is closely related to the previous two psalms, 38 and 39. That's why we say this psalm most probably was composed the same time and on the same occasion as the two preceding psalms, 38 and 39. With one difference, 38 and 39, these two sons, David was in the middle of the trial and ask, asking God for deliverance. But in Psalm 40, he glorifies God for having bestowed mercy upon him. So in Psalm 38 and 39, he asking God to have mercy upon him and to deliver him. Here in Psalm 40, he is giving thanks to God that he delivered him from the trials. Uh, that's why we consider Psalm 40 is a thanksgiving prayer. And verse 6, 7, and 8 contain a remarkable prophecy about the incarnation and suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. And some fathers say this, the whole psalm, refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. And St. Paul in Hebrews chapter 10, 
from verse 5 to verse 9 limits the meaning of the Son to our Lord Jesus Christ who came into the world to do the Father's will. And he quoted some verses from this Son in Hebrew chapter 10. We can actually divide this Son or the outline of this Son into four sections. Verse 1 to 3, prayer of thanksgiving. Verse 4 and 5, declaration of God's goodness to his saints. Verse 6 to 10, an affirmation of commitment to God's will. And from verse 11 to 17, a prayer for deliverance from trouble. So let's start from verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. So after a long and a patient waiting, prayer has been answered. That's why David is offering thanksgiving. I waited patiently means I waited and I waited. I waited diligently, earnestly, patiently. So his prayers was not answered at once, but it was answered after he had made repeated prayers. When it seemed as if his prayers would not be answered, but David persevered and continued to wait patiently. That's why this prayer was earnest and persevering prayer. It is continued supplication and hope when there seemed to be no answer to prayer and no hope that it would be answered. And this is a big lesson for us. Sometimes when we pray, and God does not answer our prayer immediately. We get frustrated and we start to blame God and we start to complain against God. But here David said, I waited patiently. I waited patiently. When we cry, God hears. And when God hears, God acts. But sometimes God acts quickly, other times, it takes long time according to his economy. And we cannot predict or control the way God chooses to act or the means through which he will express his response to our cry. That's why we need to wait. If there is any lesson we need to learn from the psalm, the lesson is how to wait patiently for the Lord. In previous psalm, Psalm 39, verse 7, David waited upon the Lord without immediate answer. But here, actually, we can see the answer. He said, God inclined to me and heard my cry. The word inclined means properly bowed. So, as if God bent over, bent forward, to hear and heed. At first, God seemed as one that would not hear, as one who is standing far away. But here now, God bent forward to receive David's prayer. 
And as St. Paul used this to refer to the Lord Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, the, the Lord Jesus Christ in Gethsemane and during crucifixion, he was in deep sorrow, the sorrow that was related to the work of salvation. But he continued in calling on God. And, and God actually heard him and raised him up to glory and joy. As we read in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, the time in which the father heard the son, it was after the suffering was over, after his work was done, after he rose from the dead. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Verse 2, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. So, there were further benefits to David as he waited patiently for the Lord. David prayed for deliverance, and God delivered him from his crisis. And this crisis was like miry clay, and God set him in much better and more secure place. He established his feet on a rock. He established my steps. Meyer Clare, the sufferer, was as one who cannot find a ground. He slips and sinks in the clay. David said, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit. St. Augustine says, this horrible pit is our sins. And when we believe in Christ, the Christian is saved from the sink of his sins. St. Gregory says, by the name of Meyer in Holy Scripture, sometimes we understand the materialism of earthly positions. So, sometimes we actually are drowned in the love of money and love of earthly positions. Or, according to St. Gregory, Meyer can refer to filthy and polluting doctrines. And some people actually sink down in heresies and uh, wrong doctrine. Or sometimes the, the desires of the flesh, love of pleasure. So the prophets cries out, woe to him that increases that which is not his. How long? And that loads himself with thick clay. When actually we don't have the sound doctrine or we are drowned in the love of money or love of pleasure as if we are sinking or loading ourselves with thick clay. This is the state of the wicked. Those who have not known God and did not know his commandments, they are stuck in the mud 
of their carnal desires that makes them incapable of arriving at eternal happiness. But it is the grace of God that brings us out of this pit. And as soon as we begin through repentance and faith to know the true God, we will be liberated from our carnal desires and we can have peace with God and with ourselves. And the feet that God rescued from the deep and miry pit, he puts it on a rock. And what is this rock? The rock is Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, when he put my feet on uh, the true faith, the true doctrine, the example of Christ, I can follow the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ. St. John Chrysostom has a beautiful actually comment here. He said the temporal things are like water, like flood that swiftly run. He says the water have come upon up to my neck, but the spiritual things are like rock. He says he set my feet upon a rock to keep the miry clay away from them. Verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. David's deliverance brought forth spontaneous praise, a new song that came from God himself. It is possible that this psalm is a new song that David actually referring to and God put in in David's mouth. By giving David a new occasions, by delivering him, so this was a new occasion for a song and God inspired David with the very words of this song. St. Augustine says, what new song is this? Perhaps you used to sing hymns to strange God, like secular music and secular hymns. Or St. Augustine says, old hymns because they were uttered by old men, not by new men. So even if you are saying Christian song, but by old man, old man means a man did not repent. This actually is considered old hymns. St. Augustine continues and says, let the new man be formed, let him sing a new song, being himself made new, let him love those new songs by which he is himself be made new. If we are new in Christ, then our prayer will be new song. But once one became renewed in the spirit, he began to sing a new song on the love of God, one that God himself put in our mouth. The deliverance and the praise that came from the deliverance actually were effective testimony to others. And 
the deliverance and the praise inspired fear of God and trust on him. That's why he said many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. The contemplation on God's mercy in the deliverance of his servant will inspire a reverent awe and lead to trust in God. This also applied to Jesus Christ who descended to Hades, resurrected, and proclaimed a new song, song of praise, of victory, song of triumph over death, drawing many to faith in him. So the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the new song of resurrection made many people fear God, trust in him, believe in him. Verse 4. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. So, once more, it has been proved that trust in God is the only source of true happiness. The goodness of God to his people is infinite and incomparable. So this is a natural and appropriate thought flowing from what David had just experienced when he said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, does not respect, does not trust in the proud or those who turn aside to lies. So this came from the David's experience. He knew by experience that trusting God as shown by waiting patiently for the Lord is blessed when we trust the Lord even if we wait patiently for God this is blessed. That's why he invites, exhorts and encourages all to imitate those who have been delivered to trust in the Lord. And to make the matter clearer, he said, do not respect the proud. Those who looked for help from no one, especially from vain empty things that can save no one, they put their trust, whole trust in God. He said, blessed is the man who is not misled by appearance to despise God's help and seek the assistance of worldly men who boast in their own power. So David connected trust in God with moral conduct. What do I mean with moral conduct? In this case, the moral conduct is the ability to discern and judge the character of others. And if others actually are prideful or turn to lies, we cannot trust them. We should not trust them. Some people turn to lies in order actually to make things work. So I can lie to get approval of my immigration. I can lie to get social security. So some people actually use lies to achieve their goals. But David said, no, blessed is the man who trusts in God, not in the proud nor in those 
who turn to lies. So, maybe the trial that David went through came because he refused to trust in the proud or those who turn aside to lies. Saint Jerome explained that word is used to mean turning away from God to idols or false object of confidence. Turning away to lies. When we trust in money, or as I said, literally, when we trust in lies. Those who depart from the straight path and turn to what's false and deceitful. Verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. So, David is not only thanking God for his recent deliverance, but actually he felt that he owes God thanksgiving and gratitude. God's mercies in the past are countless and have laid him under unspeakable obligation. David praised God as the worker of many wonderful works and for his thoughts toward his people. God's thoughtfulness for man, his consideration and providential care, deserve praise and thanksgiving equally with his wonders acts. God's thoughts toward us are wonderful because they are God's thoughts. In Psalm 8 verse 4, David wondered, What is man that you are merciful of him? When David considered the greatness of the universe, he was amazed that God would think about man at all. Now he took this idea much further, and he is amazed how much God thinks about his people. He is amazed that God thinks such love, gracious thoughts toward us, and so many that they are more than can be numbered. We cannot count all what God did for us and is still doing for us. Verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnet offering and sin offering you did not require. So, what shall be man's response to that love, the love of God? Not material sacrifice, but the service of glad obedience. See here he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. My ears you have opened mean, means what? I am listening to you. I am obeying to you. 
burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Why obedience is considered better sacrifice than offering and sacrifices, burnt offering and sin offering? Why? In obedience, actually, I offer a sacrifice. The sacrifice of my will. Actually, I completely deny my will and sacrifice it to do the will of God. So obedience is better than a sacrifice. Anyone can buy animal sacrifice and offer it. But not anyone can actually be obedient to God and offer his will. That's why in the St. Gregory liturgy, Abuna says, I offer you, O my master, the counsels or the symbols of my freedom. So I'm not going to live as I want. It's no longer I who live, but Jesus who lives in me. I offer, O you Lord, the symbols of my freedom. And I write my works according to your word. That is the sacrifice. And Abuna says this when he sees the sacrifice that Christ did for us. So in response to this love, God offered himself on the cross. In response, I offer my will. I will write my works according to your word. So, true sacrifice consists in obedience to the will of God. So, David understood that God doesn't want animal sacrifices. King Saul actually offered animal sacrifice, but he did not obey God. That's why God rejected him. And Samuel told to King Saul, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. When David said in verse 6, My ears you have opened, the one thing needed is obedience. Opening my ear means I listened to you, I obeyed you. It is a joyful, willing obedience to all that God reveals to us as his will. And David here mentioned different kinds of offering according to their material. Sacrifice means blood sacrifice of animal. Offering means the offering of the bloodless, like offering of the fruits of the earth, offering of oil and flour. And so he, he mentioned sacrifices according to their kind and according to their purpose. Burned sacrifice, which was completely burned, symbolizes the offering of total consecration and dedication of the worshiper to God. Sin offering, offering to atone for sin, for reconciliation and forgiveness. So David here only overshadowed the ultimate submission to God carried out by Jesus Christ. And this is what actually uh, St. Paul quote in Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 5 to 10. Uh, so from verse 6, it is a wonderful and remarkable prophecy of the work of Jesus. 
Jesus, when he entered into the world, he said to the Father, for sacrifices, it did not please you, but you have prepared a flesh for me that I may offer myself. And I did not turn away, but I said, I have come to do your will, O God. That what was written in Hebrews chapter 10. So this, it shows God's ultimate dissatisfaction in animal sacrifices. God is looking for a perfect sacrifice, which is our obedience. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. It shows that God the Son, Jesus Christ, came in a prepared body, but a body you have prepared for me, in order to offer this body as a sacrifice. It shows the pub, in verse 7 shows the public coming of Messiah. Behold, I come. As we read in verse 7, then I said, Behold, I come. Here is Jesus is saying, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it's written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within uh, my heart. So, I said, Behold, I come, that's the incarnation. As it is written in the prophecies of me, I delight to do your will. I have come to do your will, O my God. So the Son is saying to the Father, I came here to do your will, and your law is within my heart. Your law is within my heart. So it shows the public coming of the Messiah. Behold, I come, verse 7. It was as if Jesus is saying, Behold, here I am. I am the one you waited for me. In the scroll of the book, it's written of me. So any fulfillment of this in David's life, no, David did not fulfill this. So it is a pale shadow. But it's amazing and perfect fulfillment was done in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the one who fulfilled completely the will of the Father, not David. It shows the Messiah as the great theme of Hebrew uh, scripture. In the volume of book, it's written of me. Uh, so, I mean here the Hebrew scriptures, not the book of is a letter to Hebrews, but I mean the Old Testament. So the Messiah was the great theme of the Old Testament. In the volume of book, in the volume of the Old Testament, it is written of me. It's written of the Messiah that I have come to do your will, O Father. So the Holy Scripture has reference to Christ. In in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, we read. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus came to fulfill everything written in the Old Testament. Also our Lord, speaking of the scripture in general, said, search the scripture with they which testify of me. 
Then Jesus is saying, or the prophecy here, I delight to do your will, O my God. Again, this we cannot apply it to David, but it can be applied perfectly on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, David was man after God's heart, but many times David actually did not obey God. So it is a shallow shadow in David, but the perfect fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said that doing the will of God was to him as necessary and delightful as food. He said to the disciples in John chapter 4, my food is to do the will of God. Also, it shows the dedication of Jesus Christ to the will of God. To do your will, O God. I am here to do your will, O God. So, Jesus not only did the Father's will, but he found delight in doing the Father's will. And your law is within my heart. So David is expressing that he does not only understand the law, but received the law with the heartiest love, delighting to meditate on the word of God and to totally submit in obedience to the word of God. This verse shows Jesus' love and obedience to the word of God. So the Lord Jesus Christ did not offer outward formal worship, but his heart was in his work. And to be the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must be like our Lord in this. If the heart is not in the worship and service that we offer, if there is no pleasure, if there is no delight in God's law, then we can ask ourselves whether our service, our worship will be accepted or not. So we'll stop here at verse 8 and now I will give a summary in Arabic for this song. في ثلاث مزامير اللي هما مزمور 38 بيبين إن ربنا استجاب له استجاب لداود بعد ما هو انتظر طويلا عشان كده يبتدي مزمور أربعين يقول إيه انتظارا انتظرت الرب فمال إلي وسمع صراخ إحنا أحيانا لما نصلي 
وانا عايز اصلي وربنا يستجيب لي على طول ولو ربنا ما استجبليش ابقى متضايق وازعل واشتكي ربنا لكن هنا بيقول انتظارا انتظرت الرب في فضيلة اسمها فضيلة انتظار الرب في مزمور تاني داود يقول لنا انتظر الرب تشدد وتشجع وانتظر الرب في أشعية يقول أشعية 40 يقول منتظر الرب يجددون قوة يكون لهم أجنحة كالنصور مزمور من الأعماق اللي بنصليه بالليل في صلاة النوم يقول من محرس الصبح إلى الليل انتظرت نفس الرب فلينتظر إسرائيل الرب انتظارا انتظرت الرب شوف زكريا وأليصابات انتظروا ربنا وبعد وقت طويل ربنا استجاب ليهم مش شرط ان ربنا يستجيب ليك اول ما تصلي تأكد ان ربنا بيسمع صلاتك ولكن بيستجيب في الوقت المناسب الوقت المناسب بنسميه في ملء الزمان انتظارا انتظرت الرب فمال الي وسمع صراخي لما ربنا بيكون او ربنا ما بيستجيبش ليا بسرعة احيانا بحس ان ربنا بعيد عني او ربنا قد حجب وجهه عني ولما ربنا بيسمع لي بحس ان ربنا ميل عليا كده فمال الي لكن ربنا انحنى من السماوات عشان يسمع صراخي وسمع صراخي وكلمة الصراخ مش معناها الصوت العالي لكن معناها ان الصلاة خرج بعمق من القلب انتظارا انتظرت الرب فمال الي وسمع صراخي اصعدني من جب الهلاك من طين الحمقى واقام على صخرة رجلي ثبت خطواتي تخيلوا كده ان في بير البير ده مليان طين والبير ده عميق جدا 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 والواحد وقع في البير ده فهيفضل يعمل ايه عمال يغرق 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 في الطين ده المنظر اللي داود شرحه لنا في ايه اتنين انا كنت في جب الهلاك كنت في طين الحمقى عمال اغرق 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 راح ربنا اصعدني من جب الهلاك انقذني من طين الحمقى الاباء قعدوا يفسروا ايه طين الحمقى ده قال ممكن تكون خطايا الانسان ازاي ربنا بيحررني من الخطيه قال ممكن يكون محبه المال لان الانسان اللي بيحب المال اكنه غرقان في محبه المال مش دريان وعمال يغرق اكتر واكتر واكتر ممكن يكون محبه اللذه والشهوات الجسديه والشهوات العالميه الواحد عمال يغرق فيها او ممكن يكون التعاليم الخطا او العقيده الخطا هي دي طين الحمقى ربنا اصعدني من جب الهلاك اصعدني من طين الحمقى مش بس اصعدني من طين الحمقى 
لكن أقام على صخرة رجلي صخرة يعني مش أغرق تاني وسط طين الحمقى ومين هي الصخرة بولس يقول والصخرة تبعتهم والصخرة كانت المسيح الصخرة هو ده الأساس اللي بنبني عليه إيماننا وبنبني عليه عقدتنا وبنبني عليه حياتنا على هذه الصخرة أبني كنيستي فربنا أقمنا على هذه الصخرة وثبت خطواتي عارف لما تبقى ماشي على أرض كده صلبة تبقى خطواتك ثبتة لكن لو أنت ماشي على طين الواحد رجلي بتغرق رجلي بتغرس فأقام على صخرة رجلي يعني ثبتني في المسيح وثبت خطواتي يعني خطواتي تجاه الأبدية وتجاه السماء بقت واضحة وبقت ثبتة لأن سيد المسيح قال أنا هو الطريق والحق والحياة كتير مننا بنصرخ لربنا وقت الضيق ولما ربنا يحل مشاكلنا وينقذنا ننسى نشكره مرة ربنا شفع عشرة بورس تسعة ما رجعوش واحد بس رجع ربنا قال له فين التسعة لكن داود بعد ما ربنا أنقذه قال وجعل في فمي ترنيمة جديدة تسبيحة لإلهنا جعل في فمي ترنيمة جديدة تسبيحة لإلهنا يعني إيه ترنيمة جديدة يعني إيه ترنيمة جديدة وتلاقوا كلمة ترنيمة جديدة دي متكررة كتير في سفر المزامير سبحوا للرب تسبيحا جديدا سبح للرب يا كل الأرض يعني ايه تسبيحة جديدة او ترنيمة جديدة اي تسبيح بنقوله بالانسان العطيق الانسان اللي مش تايب دي مش تسبيحة جديدة لكن التسبيحة اللي احنا بنسبحها ربنا بالانسان الجديد الانسان الذي تجدت على صورة خالقه دي تسبيحة جديدة تدخل الى مسامع الله تسبيحة لإله أيضا كل مرة أنا بقف أصلي بقف باشتياق كأني بقول الكلام ده الأول مرة كل مرة بقف وباجي القداس باجي بنفس الروح كأني أول مرة بخش كنيسة وبصلي القداس بنفس الاشتياق وبنفس الحب دي التسبيحة الجديدة لما داود وقف وسبح ربنا هذه التسبيحة الجديدة وشكر ربنا على إنقاذه من التجارب اللي كان فيها ناس كتيرة شافت فخافت ربنا وأيضا ابتدوا يتوكلوا على ربنا كثيرون يرون ويخافون ويتوكلون على الرب عرفوا أن ربنا ده قوي شاول بكل الجيش كان بيحارب داود وما قدرش ينتصر عليه لكن ربنا أنقذ داود من يد شاول ومن جيش شاول فعرفوا أن ربنا ده قوي فدخلت مخافة ربنا في قلبهم أبشالوم كان معاه أخي توفل وكانت خطة محكمة جدا أنه يأخذ الحكم من 
داود وقعد كده على باب المدينة وكل واحد جاي بيحلل له مشاكله وخلى ناس كتيرة تتبع أبشالوم وتبقى ضد داود ومع هذه الخطة المحكمة جدا ربنا أبطل مشورة أخي توفل وأنقذ داود فالناس لما شافت كده خافت ربنا عرفت إن الله إله قوي من مثلك في الآلهة يا رب وقالوا يبقى نتوكل على ربنا هذا الإله القوي الذي لا يوجد مثله إله يستطيع أن ينقذ أو يستطيع أن ينصر أولاده كثيرون يرون ويخافون ويتوكلون على الرب داود بيأكد المعنى ده في آية أربعة بيقول طوبى للرجل الذي جعل الرب متكله يا بخت الإنسان اللي بيتكد إلى ربنا ولم يلتفت إلى الغطريس الناس المتغطرسة الناس اللي بتثق في المال أو الناس التي تثق في القوة أو الناس التي تثق في البرستيج أو في الحكمة الأرضية فقال لو أنت هتدور على الناس دولت ممكن تتهزم بسهولة زي ما قال في مزمور تاني لا تتكلوا على الرؤساء ولا على بني البشر الذين ليس عندهم خلاص تخرج روحهم فيعودون إلى ترابهم في ذلك اليوم تهلك كفة أفكارهم طوبة لمن إله يعقوب معينه واتكاله على الرب إلهه تتكل على مين؟ وبعدين قال المنحرفين إلى الكذب أحيانا الواحد يلجأ إلى الكذب علشان يسهل أموره واحد يكذب مثلا علشان يقدم على الديسابيليتي واحد يكذب علشان ياخد سوشيال سيكوريتي واحد يكذب مثلا علشان ياخد الهجرة فدولت بيتكلوا على الكذب مش بيتكلوا على ربنا فالآية هنا بتقول طوبة للرجل الذي جعل الرب متكله ولم يلتفت إلى الغطريس والمنحرفين إلى الكذب الإنسان اللي بيتكل على ربنا ربنا هينقذه وبعدين يقول في آية خمسة كثيرا ما جعلت أنت أيها الرب إلهي عجائبك وأفكارك من جهتنا لا تقوم لديك يعني ايه يعني يا رب عجيبك لما اقعد افكر فيها كتيرة جدا جدا وافكارك من جهتنا احنا رب الخطاء غير المستحقين كتيرة مش قادرين يا رب نستوعبها ولا نفهمها ما نقدرش يا رب نعدها ما نقدرش نعدها في مزمور تمانية قال من هو الإنسان حتى تذكره أو ابن الإنسان حتى تفتقده هنا داود بيقول له يا رب أنت مش بس افتكرتني وسط كل العالم أو الكون الكبير ده ده أنت يا رب عجائبك وأفكارك من جهتنا حبك وخلاصك وسعيك لخلاص كل إنسان ومرحمك العالية أنا يا رب مش قادر أستوعبها مش قادر يا رب أن أنا أخبر وأتكلم بها لأنها زادت عن أن تعد 
لأخبرنا وأتكلمنا بها زادت عن أن تعد مش قادر عدها زي ما نقول له رب ما رحمك كثيرة جدا أكتر من قطرات المطر وأكتر من نجوم السماء وأكتر من رمل البحار مين يقدر يعد يا رب ما رحمك فهنا داود موقفش إنه بيشكر ربنا بس على إن هو أنقذه من التجارب اللي مر بيها إنما راح ابتدى ينقذ يشكر ربنا على كل عجائبه من من أول الخليقة لغاية النهاردة بل إلى الأبد عجيبك يا رب زادت عن أن تعد طيب إحنا شفنا محبة ربنا إزاي نشكر ربنا إزاي نشكره نقدم زباح نجيب كده خروف ونذبحه ونقدمه لربنا إيه إيه اللي ربنا عايزه مننا فيجي في آية ستة يقول بزبيحة وتقدمة لم تصر أذني فتحت محرقة وذبيحة خطية لم تطلب سهل جدا أن الواحد يجيب عجل ويذبحه ويقدمه زبيحة لكن الزبيحة الأهم من ديا أن الواحد يقدم ذاته زبيحة زي ما بولس الرسول بيقول في رومية 12 إن أنا أطلب إليكم أن تقدموا أجسادكم زبيحة حية مقبولة إن الإنسان يخضع إرادته لإرادة ربنا هي دي الزبيحة شاول ربنا قال له أنا مش عايزك تحافظ أي غنم على أي غنم أو بقر من بتاع مليق تقتل الكل شاول ما سمعش كلام ربنا وحافظ على شوية غنم وشوية بقر فصمويل جه وقال له أنت نفذت وصيت ربنا قال له آه قال له مال إيه صوت الغنم قال له لا ده هقدم بيها زبيحة فرح قال له هو ربنا يصر بالزبيحة ربنا إيه اللي يصر بيه أكتر الطاعة ولا الزبيحة الإنسان لما ما بيطعش هو بيعمل إيه هو بيطع صوته هو فلما بيطع صوته هو الصوت ده ده أكن في صنم جوايا الصنم ده اسمه أنا فأنا بطيع نفسي ما بطعش ربنا عشان كده قال له إن عدم الطاعة ديا زي عبادة الأوسان والعناد زي عبادة الأوسان أنه وثن وثن اسمه الزاد أي إنسان ما بيطعش هو بيعبد وثن صنم اسمه الزاد فالطاعة الحقيقية هي الزبيحة التي يصر بها الله وصمويل قال لشاول الطاعة أفضل من تقديم زبيحة هنا يقول له بذبيحة وتقدمة لم تصر أذني فتحت يعني أنا وداني مفتوحة يا رب عشان أسمع صوتك وأنفذها لما بيجي أبونا في القداس الأغرغوري يبص كده للمسيح اللي بيقدم نفسه زبيحة طب أنا أقدم إيه؟ إيه الزبيحة اللي أنا أقدر أقدمها؟ فيقول له أقدم لك يا سيدي مشورات حريتي 
يعني يا رب انا مش هبقى ليا حريه ان انا اعمل قرار لنفسي لكن اكتب اعمالي طبعا لاقوالك انا يا رب ذاتي ديا هقدمها ذبيحه بكل حب وبكل رضا هقدمها ذبيحه لك وهكتب اعمالي طبعا لاقوالك هنفذ يا رب وعيش حياتي زي اقوالك بذبيحه ذبيحه فيها سفك دم وتقدمه زي تقدمه الدقيق تقدمه فروت فواكه بذبيحه وتقدمه لم تصر اذني فتحت يعني يا رب انا بطيعك محرقه وذبيحه محرقه كتير المحرقه دي تتحرق كلها ترمز الى تكريس الحياه لله بالكامل ممكن اكرس حياتي بالكامل لربنا بس ما تحوش ده مش شايف يعني ده ما يصرش ربنا يعني ياما ناس كرست حياتها بالكامل لربنا ولكن ما بتطعش فده لا يص... ما يصرش قلب ربنا وذبيحة خطية اللي هي الذبيحه اللي بتقدم علشان التوبة فممكن الواحد يقول انا جاي اعترف وهقدم توبة بس حاجة ما, بيز... ما بينفش وسيط ربنا توبة شكلية ده مش هيفرح قلب ربنا انما ايه اللي يفرح قلب ربنا الطاعة حينئذ قلت ها انا ذجئت بدرجة كتب مكتوب عني ان افعل مشيئتك يا الهي ان افعل مشيئتك يا الهي سررت وشريعتك في وسط احشائي طب تعالوا نشوف الاية دي ها انا ذجئت بدرجة كتاب مكتوب عني درجة كتاب يعني كل النبوات المكتوبة اولا هل في نبوات كانت مكتوبة على داود و هل اتكتب عن داود ان هو بيفعل مشيئة ربنا بكل سرور يعني داود عنده اخطاء كتير وهل داود تنطبق عليه هذه الكلمات ده اللي خلى الاباء يقولوا المزمور كله وخاصة اية ستة وسبعة دولت يرمزوا الى السيد المسيح وبولس الرسول في عبرانيين عشرة اخذ الايات دي بالنص حسب الترجمة السبعينية وقالها على السيد المسيح لما نقرأ كده في عبرانيين عشرة يقول لذلك عند دخوله إلى العالم يقول دخول مين؟ دخول المسيح ذبيحة وقربانا لم ترد ولكن هيأت لي جسدا يعني الابن بيقول للآب الابن هو رئيس كهنة فهيقدم ذبيحة قال انت مش عايزني اقدم ذبيحه وقربان لكن هيات لي جسدا عشان اقدم نفسي ذبيح بمحرقات وذبائح للخطيه لم تصر ربنا ما كانش الاب يعني ما كانش لو الابن قدم محرقات وذبائح خطيه ده ما كانش ما كانش هيخلصنا لان الدم تيوس وعجول مش هيخلص البشريه ثم قلت ها انا زاجيئه في درجة كتاب مكتوب عني لأفعل مشيئتك يا الله أنا جاي ده الابن بيقول زي ما كل النبوات مكتوبة عني في العهد القديم كله 
أنا جاي عشان أعمل مشيئتك يا الله يبقى إذن إذن هذه الآيات في مزمور أربعين هي نبوة عن السيد المسيح وليست عن داود داود قالها بروح النبوة عن السيد المسيح فيبقى المزمور كله ولكن يمكن آية ستة وسبعة ينطبق على سيد المسيح فالمسيح هو اللي بيقول للآب بذبيحة وتقدمة لم تصر أذني فتحت محرقة وذبيحة خطيئة لم تطلب حينئذ قلت ها أنا ذجئت أنا جيت يا رب دي على التجسد ها أنا ذجئت على التجسد أنا اتولدت موجود في العالم وخدت هذا الجسد بدرجة كتاب مكتوب عني زي ما مكتوب في النبوات أن أفعل مشيئتك يا إلهي سررت وده معناه إن هو وبينفذ وشيئة ربنا ما هو ممكن واحد يطيع وهو متغصب واحد يطيع وهو مش فرحان إنما هنا بيطيع وهو في ملء الفرح هل أنا لما بطيع وصيت ربنا ببقى فرحان وأنا جاي الكنيسة بصلي ببقى فرحان وأنا لما هصوم هبقى فرحان وأنا لما بدل عشور بتاعي ببقى فرحان أن أفعل مشيئتك يا إلهي سررت وشريعتك في وسط أحشائي كلمتك يا رب دي موجودة في قلبي ده أنا بحفظها ده أنا بلهك فيها نهارا وليلا علشان يا رب أنفذها وعشان أعيش بيها وها أنا إزاي هفعل مشيئة ربنا لو أنا مش عارف شريعته إزاي أنت هتخضع للقانون وإنت مش عارف إيه القانون هو عشان كده بعد ما قال له أن أفعل مشيئتك سررت قال له والشريعة بتاعتك القانون بتاعك ده يا رب موجود في وسط أحشائي موجود في وسط أحشائي احنا وقفنا عند آية 8 فنكتفي بآية 8 النهاردة وبعد كده نبقى نكمل بيد المزمور لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين